All right, I'd like to draw your attention now back to the Word of God as we uh, take time this Advent season uh, to consider this Advent Sunday's theme of joy and the message that the angels, or the angel of the Lord, I should say, brought to the shepherds in that field the night the Lord Jesus was born. The message was simply this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This morning, we're going to talk about what that means. Pray with me. Father, as we enter into a time in your word, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you will give us a fresh understanding today of the significance of the birth of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord into this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to say that Christmas time is a time of celebration, a time of joy, a time of throwing parties. Yet, I want to pause just for a moment and acknowledge that for some of you, Christmas time is anything but that. Christmas time can be a season, maybe for you, of pain, of loneliness, of heartache, and of bad memories. And if that's true for you, I'm sorry. But you know, Christmas can also be a time where people celebrate many things. And maybe all throughout the month of December, you're uh, celebrating Christmas like it's not going to come for a whole nother year. You attend all the parties, you're a part of all the celebrations. And by the time you get through all of December celebrating Christmas over and over and over, You've never actually celebrated Jesus at all. That stung a little, right? But maybe you've been able to find a way that in the midst of the hustle and bustle and all the celebrating and in the festivities throughout December, which I think are great, by the way, you've truly been able to discover and figure out how to keep Christ in Christmas. I hope so, because that is truly what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus and his birth into this world. I want to invite you to look with me this morning with maybe fresh eyes. You know, the, the story of Christmas is so familiar to so many of us that we can tune it out because we know it so well. But this morning, I want to encourage you to join me on a journey just to put on a fresh set of eyes and Consider today in this Advent season why Jesus' birth is really worth celebrating. We'll also discover how Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for all people. That's going to be the way we address this passage this morning. Rather than reading it all, I want to just focus on a few verses. And in verse 8, we read, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. It was in those fields around the town of Bethlehem that these shepherds were, were guarding these sheep. Were they ordinary sheep? 
possibly. Some scholars believe that the sheep between Bethlehem and Jerusalem were the sheep that were used for temple sacrifice. May be the case. But I would rather think about things that we know for certain of the shepherd fields around Bethlehem. We know for certain that there was a young boy named David who was a shepherd from Bethlehem who was called and anointed by God to be his servant and eventually was appointed to be the king of Israel. Through David, the king of Israel, and the shepherd boy who was raised and anointed by God was to be a promise fulfilled by God that through the line of David, from the town of Bethlehem would come a savior for all people that would save people from their sins and would be reason for rejoicing in this world. Consider the shepherds for a moment though. These shepherds in the fields, they were despised, they were rejected, they were the outcasts, they were the marginalized of society. They gave themselves to tending to the flock. They were considered to be unclean because they weren't able to make it in to worship God because of their duties with the sheep. As these tough men guarded these sheep, upon which very little would bring fear to them. They fought bears and lions and people, all to protect the animals that they were given responsibility to care for. We find an angel of the Lord appearing to them and, and the glory of the Lord shining around them. And what does it do to them? It brings great fear. And as soon as the angel was able to calm their fears, the angel shared this good news message. God was fulfilling his promise to send the Messiah into the world. Why did God give the message to the shepherds? Well, it was an honor. It was a privilege. And I believe it was intentional that God would bring the good news of a Savior into the world to those first who others thought needed a Savior the most. Yet if we all take that mirror and do some self-reflection, one thing we would discover is just like the shepherd, we too need a Savior. Jesus didn't just come for them. He came for everyone, and that is good news. So I want to point out just simply three reasons why Christmas is worth celebrating from one verse today. In verse 10, it says, as we have heard so many times today, Luke 2, verse 10, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The first reason that Christmas is worth celebrating is because Jesus came for you. It's personal. Notice what Jesus had the angel say to the shepherd. The angel of the Lord said to the shepherd, for I bring you. Yes, he brought to the world, but he brought to you and to me a message. And the message is this, God loves you. 
He knows your need, and he's came, and he has come to save you from the greatest need that you have, the need to have your sin forgiven. While God could have chosen anybody to make his announcement to, many anticipated that the religious elite would have been the first, right? But God flipped it all upside down. He flipped the script and he said, no, I'm coming to the outcast first and I'll work my way up because what I want everyone to see is their need for me. We all need a savior. We all need a helper. And that's what a savior is, someone who helps us. It was when I became a parent that I really understood the need for help. <laughs> Maybe my need for help as much as anything. But the need of this little baby that we brought home and their need for help. I can remember getting in the vehicle and looking at my wife and saying, oh boy, that, that nurse, she doesn't come with and Gwen said, no, no, we'll be just fine. I'm like, you might be fine. But I don't know what I'm doing. And here this precious little baby is. Realizing that this child needed help with everything. Food, clothing, cleaning, car seats, care, and comfort. And as our children grow up, they gain a little bit more of independence, and, and yet they still need our help. So this is a familiar ring in my ear. I need help. I'm not buckled yet. If you're a parent, you know what that means. Your kid got in the car seat, and they're waiting to be helped to get buckled in, right? I need help. I'm done. I need help. Why do you all know what that means? But in case you're wondering if this analogy breaks down because we all grow up and become independent, I want to remind you that if you grow long enough, grow old long enough, you'll be back to where you started. I'm done. I need help. The bottom line is we all need help, don't we? And God knows our greatest need. And the reason that we can celebrate Christmas is because he came to meet that need. When we help others or others help us, it's a demonstration of love in action. And that's what God did. He demonstrated his love for you and for me that while we were still sinners, he came to save us from our sin. Jesus came for you. The second reason that we can celebrate Christmas is because Jesus' coming is good news of great joy. That's what Luke says. I bring you great joy or good news that will bring great joy. So it's beneficial. But the good news isn't that Jesus was born as a baby into this world. The good news is that Jesus actually grew up to become a man. Let me tell you why that's good news. Because the good news about Jesus that is beneficial to you and to me is not in his birth. It's not even in his life. It's actually in his death and in his resurrection. That's where we find the good news. 
the good news that will bring great joy. It wasn't about the birth of baby Jesus. It was about the life, about the death, and about the resurrection of Christ, where Jesus conquered death and overcame sin and death in the grave so that in him and through him we could have life. That's the good news that brings great joy to all people. Remember, the gospel is simply good news. And the gospel is an event in history where Jesus came to live a life we couldn't live, the perfect life. He died a death we deserve to die because of our sin so that we could gain a righteousness or a right standing with God that we could never gain on our own. It's personal. We need help. It's beneficial. Jesus can do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Help us to find peace with God. And that's worth celebrating. Joy is a common word that is used throughout Scripture. And if you did a word study, you would find that it's used more than 150 times throughout the Bible. It refers to a state or delight of gladness that comes from a right relationship with God. Joy is different from happiness because happiness is circumstantial. When things are good, you're happy. When things are bad, you're sad. But joy comes from knowing the Lord. And it's an attitude or a posture of the heart that comes when we can live with confidence to know that no matter what our situation or circumstance in life is, Jesus can help us. The third thing that we'll notice in this verse is that the good news that brings great joy is actually for all people. So Jesus didn't just come for you. He came for everyone. One of the things that the Jews believed about the Messiah is that he would come for the nation of Israel, that he would restore the nation of Israel back to its glory days when King David was king of Israel. But Jesus had a different plan in coming. Yes, he came as king, but he also came as savior. And before he would establish himself as king of kings and Lord of lords on earth and rule and reign as the Israelites anticipated their Messiah to do, Jesus came to first deal with our greatest problem of sin so that he could establish himself as king and rule and reign within your heart. And when Christ takes up that position in your life, it's then that he can work in you and through you to show the world who he really is and what he can really do for others. John 3, 16 and 17, Pastor Dave preached about this last week. Listen to these words, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The first time Jesus came, he came to be savior. The second time Jesus comes, he comes as conquering king to judge the world, to establish his kingdom on earth, and to make all that is wrong in the world right. And honestly, for centuries, 
This is what people celebrated at Christmas. They didn't celebrate the coming of baby Jesus. They celebrated that the coming of baby Jesus was a promise fulfilled. They celebrated as they took time during Advent to look back to that, but also to look in how Jesus has set up his rule and reign within the heart of humanity. When we call on him for the forgiveness of sin and we follow him as Savior and Lord of our life, they also took time to look ahead to the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ when he will set up his kingdom and he will rule on earth and he will make all that is broken wrong. This anticipated coming of Jesus is is what we call the second advent. So when you think about advent, it's not just about baby Jesus. It's about the coming of Christ into our heart and about the promise of his return someday. And to that, I say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen? Amen. Isaac Watts. Does that name ring a bell? Not really. I'm going to ring the bell for you. He authored hymns in the 16 and 1700s, and he put out a hymnal in 1719. He was frustrated as a child by singing all the songs and hymns that they sang in church that were not ever about Jesus fulfilling his promises. And so he actually wrote nearly all 150 psalms into hymns that pointed to Jesus and the fulfillment of God's promises through the Word of God, with a New Testament focus. Get this, he penned one of the most familiar hymns known to both believers and non-believers today that we sing at every Christmas, Joy to the World. Did you know that Joy to the World is actually a paraphrase of Psalm 98? And that it has nothing to do with the coming of baby Jesus, but that it has everything to do with the second coming of our Lord, when he will establish his kingdom on earth and he will rule and reign as king of kings and lord of lords and where he will take the mess that the world is in and he'll make it right. Isn't that exciting? So why do we sing joy to the world at Christmas time then? Because it's so appropriate that we look back to the promise fulfilled in his first coming. That we look in to what Christ has done in forgiving our sin. And that we look ahead to what Christ will do when he returns. And when he returns, it is then that we will truly experience and all the world will experience the joy that comes through King Jesus. I want to finish with this thought. I think joy in the Christmas season can happen when we understand who Jesus is. When we understand why he has come. And when we accept what he has done for us, the very thing we can't do for ourselves. Make peace with God. 
that can only be done through the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. And it doesn't matter where you're going. Jesus came for you. And he wants to be your savior too. What Jesus wants more than anything for you and for me is to make that 180 degree pivot from going our own way to turning to Jesus so that we can go God's way. And when we turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sin, we can not only find life and peace with God, but we can truly experience the kind of joy that joy to the world is all about. So this morning, I want to invite you to your feet. So please stand up. Worship team, come on out. We're going to close today by singing the song, Joy to the World. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to sing it out loudly and proudly because Jesus truly does bring joy to the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing.